0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
2: CBSSports.com, yeah, national college football writer for them. Dennis, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I am good. How are you guys? We're doing very we're great, well. Great, man. So, we were just talking about this Gary Anderson story and leaving Oregon State and $12.6 million. Uh, why would anybody in their right mind leave that much money on the table and look to part ways with their employer?
0: i He's a complicated guy. I went out and talked to him when he left Wisconsin after a 10-win season, mind you, um, because he couldn't get JUCOs in to Wisconsin. And I go, is it really that big a deal? He thought it was. He thought some of the academic constrictions there were worth quitting over. And I can't explain why he's quit after six games of his, what, third year and left $12 million on the table. He apparently had told people if it didn't work out, he was going to do this. So sometimes there are no easy answers. I I, I don't know what he's thinking.
3: Yeah, it's perplexing to all of us, uh, and and we're thinking, of course, uh, the worst when you leave that type of cash on on the table, but in his lengthy history as a coach, Utah State and then, of course, going to Wisconsin, I've never heard anything uh, in a negative manner about him, other than the fact that he and, and Barry Alvarez couldn't coexist there in Madison, so do you think there could be more to this story?
0: That's the first thing I thought of, and I made some calls, and everything I came up with was, no, you just have to take him at his word. There are, there are no personal or health issues. Um, this is just what he thought. It, it, there was a similar case a few days ago. That you probably, probably no. Sean Kudler at Utah did the same thing. Now, Sean Kudler makes $500,000 a year, and, and his contract is such that he just walks away from that salary. But he had, what I'm hearing, he had to be coaxed onto the field at times. But he was so distraught that the job he'd done, he just wanted to walk away. So it's, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if someone told me before the season there would be two coaches that wouldn't make it halfway through the season, but not but quit not quick. You know, mm-hmm. They'd be
2: fine. and Jones with Dennis Dodd across the country on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, what about that Oklahoma loss? Is, is that one that uh, you even thought there was a chance of happening going into that football game?
0: Yeah, not no, not much. Um, a head-scratcher. And then, you know, to be beaten by a, what, a third-string walk-on who was supplemented by the middle linebacker, Joe Lannon, who, who was the starter last year, but had one of the great lines of of the, of college football history, what was it? Eight tackles, two of three for 36 yards, he ran for 52 or something like that. Um it, it, it's just a head scratcher. This, I think I saw this the seventh straight year Oklahoma has lost to a double digit underdog. But this was, this was inexplicable and, and big picture bad for Oklahoma, but worse for the Big 12. This is, this is almost a death blow. They've, they've got to hope that, that TCU wins out to assure themselves a shot in the playoffs, Anything less than that, I think everything's up in the air for that conference right now.
3: I, I think Oklahoma would have had to win out as, as well. Uh, yeah. So you're right, whoever the conference champion is, they have to have an unblemished record for them to get in. TCU, unlike the first year of the college football playoff, they will not be, uh, let's see, undermined like they and Baylor were in that that, that inaugural year of of the college football playoff uh, Iowa State, just staying with this for a moment, a big win for Matt Campbell in that program, signature win for that program. But what is going on with the starting quarterback or the former starting quarterback, Jacob Park? Of course, he came from Georgia, transfer, and then we, we saw the run-ins during the Texas-Iowa State game between he and Matt Campbell. He seems to be a, 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 a head case. Uh, does he step back on the field for this football team, or
0: do they move on from him? Well, it was that. I don't know if those two incidents are, are connected. He said – they said he was out because of personal health issues. So mm-hmm. I can only take that at face value and, and, and wish him the best. I, I don't know if we can tie that to him having issues with the head coach on the sideline. I, I don't know anything more than that. They've kept a pretty tight lid on it there. I did make some calls on that. Um, no, I don't know. I don't know anything. Yet. Okay.
2: Yeah. How, how bad was this loss for the Harbaugh tenure at Michigan?
0: It was bad because it, it highlighted what has to happen there. You can jump into all the pools fully clothed and do cannonballs all you want. You can get as many babies baptized in Rome as you want. But sooner or later, you've got to beat Ohio State and Michigan State. Yep. And this was at home against, look, I'm not going to tell anybody that Michigan State's going to a major bowl or win that division. I, I thought they were, they were less bad than Michigan. Um, even with the rain on Saturday night. I was there. But it points up the fact now that halfway through his third season, Jim Harbaugh has, to his credit, two third-place finishes in the, uh, in the Big Ten East and is one and four against the two big rivals. Uh, Brady Hoke, the, the disparaged Brady Hoke, was two and three at the same point. So, uh, you know, sooner or later, these are going to become issues with the fans. They, they absolutely adore him, but for $9 million, you know, they're gonna want more eventually. And that was pretty much inexplicable. That was not a great Michigan State team. Uh Michigan has issues on the offensive line. They don't have any difference making backs. John O'Corn, you know, we know he's a backup and he's brought in because Wilton Spade was hurt, but John O'Corn was brought in the first year to win the job. And he's only playing because he has to now and you saw what happened. He played played pretty well against Purdue but not against a pretty stout Michigan State defense. So all of those things. I, I thought before this game that Michigan could kind of slog it around with their defense and maybe contend and, and win that division and, and win the Big Ten, frankly, if everything fell right, but but not now. The Penn State, uh, they play Penn State in two weeks, I think. Yeah, two weeks. That's going to be tough. They still have to play Ohio State. You know, this, this may be a 9-3 a and three team that just doesn't look that good at the end of the year.
3: Dennis Dodd, National College Football Writer for CBSSports.com. Joining us here on G.O. and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. Listen, uh, Bush Jones, I guess his seat is the hottest of any coach right now. Has to be. Oh, no
0: no question. Yeah. Um, After after that skunk job against Georgia, there's no question. Um, I I don't think they'll do anything during the season. I don't know what purpose that serves. Although, you know, we're about – Exactly two months away from signing day, you know the early signing day. So Tennessee might be tempted to do something to get some momentum going there. But it just seems inevitable now. I was told before the season that the bottom would have to fall out for him to be fired. Now, at that point, that meant like 4-8. and eight, But I think there's a different definition to the bottom falling out now. You've got the loss to Georgia. You've got the rant, you know, where he you – know, what is fake news and media and mm-hmm. all this stuff. You know, I, Tennessee is one of those programs, I think, that overvalues itself at times. There's not very many players in the state. They're always going to have to go elsewhere for players. Um, they haven't won much of anything since 98. Uh, I would call them, I don't know, at best, a top 15 team in the best of times. And they spike up there like in 98. But, you know, their history is not one like Alabama or Or maybe even Auburn or or LSU of late. So Tennessee has to decide what it wants to be. Is it going to contend for national championships? Is it going to win the East? I think that's a logical expectation, but they haven't been close lately.
3: I'm hearing from former players there at Tennessee, and they are all saying the same name, T. Martin, who's the current OC at USC. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've heard that too. I think that'd be a now again. He's never been a head coach, and there's things that come along with that that. Sometimes you don't know till you come in there. I mean, does Tennessee want a head coach? You hear Chip Kelly, too. I think because of everything we're talking about, I don't think Chip Kelly wants to get into that mess. I think he might be a perfect fit at a place like Arizona State if he wants to get back in. But, yeah, T. Martin has distinguished himself as an offensive coordinator, obviously, at USC. He was championship quarterback on that 98 team. Um, and is a great recruiter and well-respected. What you don't know is, do you want, you know, do you as a, I guess, an administrator at Tennessee as a fan, do you want that to be his first head coaching job? In other words, Jim McElwain served a little uh, internship at Colorado State. Scott Frost is at UCF maybe before he jumps to Nebraska. That's a big, big leap, even for an accomplished native sound and championship quarterback at Tennessee.
2: Did you take offense to be called to being called rat poison by Nick Saban? Because we were oh, I, all... just,
0: I just laughed. I, mm. I I saw their sports information director in the background laughing himself when Nick <laughs> said that, and so I sent him. Uh, I found some rat poison on the internet and just copied it and sent him in a text message. And I said, "Hey, here we can I uh, can I give some traps to Nick next time I see him?" Uh, he Nick is habitually or traditionally Nick is a better quote after they win. Because he knows what's coming. Mm. You guys are great, and this and everything's going great, which is true. That happens in every sport, usually with teams. But uh, he he's already upset when that happens because he knows he doesn't want it to go right to their heads. And he did, he flat out disparaged this team, guys, in the off season after coming within a second of winning a second national championship in a row, 20, whatever it was, 26 mm-hmm. wins in a row, and fought. Clemson tooth and nail you know he said guys didn't pay attention after there was something missing after the SEC title game before the playoff and I said well is, is he talking about Lane And he goes, well, Lane was part of it but guys weren't you know weren't working hard enough and I go that's quite an indictment from maybe the greatest coach of all time in college football some people want to call him that he's better as a quote and more insightful when he wins did Joshua get back to you after you texted he did. He just he just said "lol." He said yeah. he said absolutely. I gave him the choice of three rapoids, that he could order online. So
3: yeah. Well, put in a good word for us because uh, he's <laughs> still upset with us. We held uh, Coach Saban a little bit too long, twenty-two minutes as opposed to the eight that's usually outlined for uh,
0: okay. interviews. Uh, yeah. Hey, if Nick wants to talk. That's great. right. Exactly, that's and he job, wanted
2: yeah. to talk. <laughs> Gio. That's great. Gio and Jones with Dennis Dodd on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, how good is Georgia in your mind? I mean, because they're obviously really good, and not I don't want to say consensus, but they're right there at number yeah. three. But are they Alabama good?
0: Uh, historically, given recent history, no. An East champion hasn't won the conference since Florida in 2008, and that ultimately will be the test. Well, for Georgia – you know, if they win the East, that, that's a great season. You know, they're back in uh, in year two. If they be smart, I think that's an amazing accomplishment. With, with with a starter injured, a quarterback and a true freshman leading them, I keep saying all true freshman quarterbacks, no matter how good they do, they they've always got that game in them. Somewhere along the line, where they go nine of twenty one for eighty four yards and, and two turnovers. You know what I mean? But that hasn't happened yet. He turned out. We're talking about Jake Fromm. They turned out to be a really good game manager. We know about the running game. The defense is, is really good, uh, and they're going to you know pound the turf with Missouri this week and and move on. Their best start since 2005, and their highest ranking in the top five in five years. There's not much you can say bad about Georgia, except that if you're talking about the next step, we'll find out on December 2nd in Atlanta. If, if they take it, we shall
4: see.
3: When you look at Washington State, I, I know they just went on the road and they beat Oregon. Oregon's playing their third-string quarterback, a true freshman. Uh, do you think they're legit? Knocking off SC and then Oregon, is this a team that's better than their their mates there in the state, Washington?
0: They're they're absolutely legit, and I'll tell you why. The, the offense is a given. Mike League's teams are always going to have a quarterback and score. This is by far the best defensive team he's fielded in, in 16 years as a head coach. Watch Alex Grinch. He's a defensive coordinator. Mike Leach saw him. I texted him. I said, where did you find this guy? I, you know, I, I went to Missouri. I lived two hours from Missouri. I'd never heard of him. He was coaching safeties at Missouri. Mm-hmm. Mike Leach said, I liked him on film. I saw his stuff on film. And Now Alex Grinch has one of the top defenses in the country. Um, they're undersized a lot uh in the line and on the field that's not the worst thing gary patterson made a career out of that playing that stack three three five washington state has one of the best defensive linemen it, it, it played the all-america team right now this guy named hercules matapa and i yep. think i butchered his last name would,
3: would it's, it's Mataafa,
0: man mata uh, yeah okay easy <laughs> for you to say um that's <laughs> uh Plays at about two forty five, two fifty on the edge and in the interior, but has absolutely got a motor, and, and that's why they have to be in the conversation for the Pac twelve because the Apple Cup is probably going to decide the North winner, and and then beyond there, if they keep winning, no, they're absolutely legit.
3: So that's why Missouri's defense stinks.
0: Because they lost this I, guy. Uh, that's, that's that's another twenty minute segment on the show about Missouri. But no,
2: that's, even though he's
0: coaching safeties. He wasn't he wasn't a coordinator.
2: Dennis, it's great talking to you. We appreciate the time this morning. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Dennis Dodd of cvssports.com talking some college football. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not making
3: those noises. They're, they're saying, ouch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they actually played better last week. A close one, uh, close loss versus Kentucky little clock issue there at the end of the ballgame, but uh, they didn't get blown out like they have been previously in all the games.
2: We've got Rick Ankeel joining us before the show is over. An Andrew Bogish update, a halftime show I'm still confused by. At Monday Night Football, I saw in person, so plenty more to come. But first, here's Brian. You
3: already know that I struggled with pain, which is why I'm so impressed with Relief Factor. When I first started taking Relief Factor, a little elbow issue. Didn't know where this elbow issue was. Came from, but I know this, it is gone thanks to Relief Factor. Well, Pete and Seth Talbot, the father son owners of Relief Factor, have just told me that for the entire month of October, they're going to send $5 to Africa New Life every time they sell a three week quick start for just $19.95. That's right, $5 of that $19.95 is going to help rescue and care for a child in Rwanda. For years now, Pete and Seth have been helping kids in Africa, but now are going to be doing even more with your help. Yes, I know many of you have been procrastinating. You're in pain, but you've been skeptical. That's okay. I was skeptical too. But now you can hopefully, Laura, even eliminate your pain and help rescue a child at the same time. Please help yourself actually, Laura, eliminate your pain by joining Pete and Seth to rescue and care for more kids. Order the three-week Quick start for nineteen ninety five at relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. That's
2: 800-500-8384. Greg Giannotti, Brian Jones on CBS Sports Radio. I was just notified that Andrew Bogish is going to be a big star at Career Day. Yes. This is a cool thing. So this is your high school that you went to?
4: Yes, here in Manhattan. And And
2: you were invited to be one of the special
4: people that the young students will talk to about the radio business? Uh, there's three of us who work in sports media who will be kind of doing presentations throughout the morning as kids walk around. And, who are the other two? Uh, Pat O'Keefe, who okay. is a year older than me, who works here locally um, in News 12 in the Bronx. And you're, in a bigger,
2: you're a bigger deal than him.
4: And then uh, Joe Masseri, who is on WPIX Channel 11, sports uh. anchor.
2: Yeah, you're a bigger deal than no, both he those
4: is. guys. No, local TV. Joe Masseri, huh? Um, I, I believe he's a stranger to me. I believe that's how you say his last name. What's the name of the high school? Regis High School. Regis. All right. Which I is like this. John Shambi. Boog. Yeah, Pablo Torre from SI, uh, from ESPN. Now.
2: Oh, oh pretty awesome. good. Yeah, yeah. So, what is your tact with these kids? What do you when they come up to you and they, they <laughs> tug on your shirt and they yeah. go, "Mr. Bogish, Mr. Bogish. I
4: want to get into radio. You tell don't them- don't do it. <laughs> You're in a good school where there are smart people who are lawyers and uh, right. district attorneys and doctors, AIDS researchers. Walk to those rooms
2: and talk to them. <laughs> Seriously, right? Yeah. Oh, but um, you can't be that discouraging. To- no, and I
4: hated when people were growing up, like through high school and college. Yeah. College in particular, people complain about how bad the business is. Um, but as much as we complain. I'm still wearing a T-shirt and jeans, talking about sports. Yeah, uh, getting paid a living wage, and uh, having a, you know, I, I I know Brian Jones now.
2: Yeah, that, which is a really really cool Use that. Andrew
4: Bogish. Yeah.
2: Ooh, <laughs> who's she? I tell you, I will. I, I do have to admit that Bogish complains the least out of anybody around here that I know. He definitely does. You do have a better outlook on things than just about anybody. Well, it
4: always could be worse. Yeah, no, it no, could It's going to be much, much worse. Uh, naturally. But it's tough to have that perspective, and you actually apply that. I also do it in bunches. Meaning? And then there's consistent complainers here. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, when something's wrong. Then you'll complain. Then I'll complain. Right. And it might take a day or two for to get out of my system, but I think other, you know, I have more good days than bad days. I think. No, I you hope. do. I, I would know. hope you do. You don't doing? all
3: of us? Complain uh, gets you nowhere. If you don't right. like your lot, do something about it.
4: Yeah. Yeah, just yell Quit in the hallway complain. until someone answers Damn it.
3: <laughs>
2: Andrew Burgess. Well,
3: I don't yell in the hallway till someone answers. I yell at them. I don't expect an answer. I
2: don't Uh-oh. want an answer. Okay. All
4: right. <laughs> All right. No
2: answer needed. Oh, man. You know, you were the quietest one this morning. Everybody was so loud today. Mm, see? I was trying to talk to Pete about something. I, we had to stop our conversation, and it wasn't even construction noise, it was just people yelling about stuff.
0: Marco Belletti. Marco oh, Belletti,
2: wow. the update anchor. Mike, when he gets going, like, he gets going. Hey,
3: don't say anything negative. I'm about not. Marco.
2: I, I'm, all I'm pointing out is he was extremely loud today.
3: Right. Well,
2: leave it at that. <laughs> Jeez, Marco, Marco can do no wrong. Pipe down. He can do no wrong. No wrong. Zilch. <laughs> why, why are you so in love with Marco it's Belletti? My dog. Don't worry about it. It's between us, I'm not worried about it. I'm just, <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm just sort of <laughs> curious as to why such affection for. Marco Belletti.
3: That's my dog!
2: Boom. You give him weird bro hugs every time you see him?
4: Yeah, you treat him like a white woman. (laughs) What's up, baby? (laughs) This is so true.
2: He's the (laughs) only dude that you do that with. You're so right. (laughs) You're like, uh, oh, when you so, hug him well, if you yeah. had a
3: little bit more diversity around yeah. here, and yeah. mm-hmm. treat Miss him like Marco, all women. Here. How about yeah. that? Yeah, what's
2: like, up, what, baby? What's up? That's what you do say. What's up, baby? Talk to our uh, boss about that. And then he gives the <laughs> grunt every time but he he slaps him. Uh, <laughs> <Malcolm>, oh, <Malcolm, laughs> <on it. laughs> baby. Are you going? Are huh? you going home after your shift? What are you doing? Man? What is uh, that? I'm doing the Brian impersonation. What you do with Marco? I don't think we well, do we all that. We headed back home, dog. <laughs> so soon,
3: huh? I don't think all that gyrating is going Let's on. you getting close. <laughs> Everybody's
2: <Yeah>. seen it. <laughs> yeah. hey, it's on ro- the table. And
3: roll a wrong little man, love.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah, Marco. Marco goes home like, I don't know how to feel about this. I'm a little little confused. You know how to feel. Take that. Take that. Mm, Come on. God, I told you, you can't do stuff like that oh. with my imagination. Oh. I can't control it. <laughs> it's not my fault. I can't now. Oh, it's not your fault. No, it's oh, not. It's just okay. now. That's, that's what I say. <laughs> no, no, no.
3: I can't mess with the big ragu. <laughs> the big ragu. <laughs> Woo. He fights back. <laughs> <In> grand Oh. <Garden. laughs>
4: Mm. All right. Is this my fault? That I, yes, that I pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Have fun a career day, Boy. Yeah, yeah. Bring this air check for the kids. So after an amazing regular season. Dodger rookie Cody Bellinger quiet through the first two games of the NLDS with Arizona, and then came game three. And Bellinger with a fly ball, well hit to left field. It's on its way, and it's gone. A home run. Cody Bellinger goes the other way. Hadn't hit a home run in 10 games, but this one has just given the Dodgers a 2-0 lead. Charlie Steiner on Dodgers Radio. Bellinger also an RBI ground out and a catch falling over the dugout. Railing as L.A. got a three-game sweep, 3-1 in Arizona. That run, two hits, seven Ks over five, allowed by Udarvish. Darvish. LA's in the NLCS for the second straight October, third time in five seasons. It'll be the Cubs or Nationals next. Their game four at Wrigley, 5.30 Eastern today. Chicago leads two games to one after a 2-1 win yesterday. The Astros are in the ALCS, but not yet the Indians. The 3-2. Swung on and line deep down the left field line. That ball is one hop off the left field wall.
2: Hicks scores. Gardner scores. Judge the second with a double. The Yankees have erupted for four runs. In the second inning, you hear his voice. How it's changed? If you listen very closely, apparently he messed himself up. John Sterling. This is not a joke or anything. He hit his mouth. Apparently, the story was that he fell and hit his mouth. And if you listen very closely, you can hear he has a little bit of like the like lisp going on because he hit his he hit his mouth. Listen
4: the three to- two. Swung on and line deep down the left field line. That ball is one hop. There's a little less One, crispness. Hop. yeah. Yeah, one half. Yeah, what? you
1: heard him. He, he yeah, yeah, no, he doesn't. He yeah. do, he listen, play
4: the play same. play the whole highlight.
3: 3-2. Swung on and line deep down the left field line. That ball is one hop off the left field wall. Hicks scores. Gardner scores. Judge the second with a double.
2: The Yankees have erupted for four runs. In the second I inning, stand yeah. it's not the second for the double. <laughs> the suffering, fucking fans. Here comes the Yankees. I mean, I feel bad for the guy, but it's clear that something went on there. Something happened to him. He sounds <laughs> 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 <that> the wrong... same. <laughs> <laughs> Gardner and Hicks. Hicks makes the catch. That's the Hex. Hicks. Hicks for
4: <laughs> uh, that Aaron Judge two-run double part of a four-run second. Six total runs last night unearned as Cleveland committed four errors after an AL low 76 during the regular season. The 7-3 final, the first time since late August, Cleveland has dropped back-to-back games. So we go back to Ohio for game five tomorrow night with Corey Kluber and CC Sabathia on the mound. Rookie QB Mitchell Trubisky played well in his first career start, but the Bears still lost to the Vikings on Monday Night Football Head coach John Fox.
1: Again, I think our effort was good as it's been, uh, you know, in, in, in all our games to start the season. I think um, really the difference in the game was minus two in the turnover ratio. <laughs> I oh him in the mouth. <laughs> hey, Delight. Coach Fox, what happened? <laughs> oh,
2: my goodness. he's, he's going to pull a Gary Anderson. He can just walk away. Wow. <laughs> Jeez, John. Is everything okay? Tip up the tobacco, man. Oh, man. Huh. Trubisky. That, oh, sorry, go. No, I was just going to say that
4: was, like, alarming how bad he's. Well, I guess he's yelling during a game, but jeez. Anyway. Trubisky threw a pick with 220 to go. which set up Kai Forbath's game-winning 26-yard kick with 12 seconds left. 2017, the final in Chicago. Vikings QB Sam Bradford aggravated the left knee injury that cost him the previous three games. Case Keenum threw for a score in relief. Giants wide out Odell Beckham Jr. reportedly had surgery last night for his broken left ankle. Teammate Brandon Marshall revealing on Instagram he's headed for season-ending ankle surgery today. Greg's Maple Leafs rallying from a 3-1 hole to beat the Blackhawks 4-3 in overtime. The game winner from Austin Matthews and U.S. soccer star Christian Pulisic still unsure if he plays tonight's World Cup qualifier in Trinidad and Tobago because of a sore left calf. The Americans clinched their spot in Russia next summer with a win boys
2: can you hang around for a couple minutes i know you got double duty because i want you to be on the other side of the star wars thing because i know you're a fan so last night at halftime these stormtroopers come out onto the field and there was also a band that came out doing the star wars theme that darth vader theme Mm -hmm. and then they played the trailer for the new star wars movie and people usually scatter during halftime, go to the bathroom, get something, you know the deal. The amount of people that stayed and were fixated on these Star Troopers walking out in these costumes, I was shocked. One guy filmed on his phone every second of this halftime show. And basically all it was was the Star Troopers walking out, and then they played the trailer that you see on TV on the video board. And he taped that. (laughs) <laughs> all, like, five minutes of this. And then people are trying to get back to their seat, and he's, like, moving his camera up over the people and to the side. Like, he had to get the whole thing on there. So I guess my question is that is this, once again, a humongous deal in the Star Wars community that this this movie is coming out? Is this going to be another one of these blockbuster, breaking all the record
4: things? Because I thought it was over. Oh, no, this is the beginning of... The next, well, the second one of the new sequence. The second, how many of those are they're going to be? Uh, I think there's one more after this, but then there's also like side story movies <sighs> that are that are coming out. And you keep up with all? Of them. Um, I mean, I've seen them, but to, but keep up is not a fair assessment. I have, I have not seen the trailer last night because I was long asleep by halftime. Right, didn't see it this morning. Um, I couldn't tell so you. So that was the debut of the trailer? Yes. Maybe that's why I was filming it again. I yeah. thought maybe it was on TV. No, no. I mean, it was debuted at halftime on TV and, and obviously in, oh, in the okay. building as well. But the ABC, ABC owns, I think, Lucas, or Disney owns yeah, Lucasfilm. Right. now. Yeah. Disney yeah. paid for that whole thing so, last night, I heard. Yeah. yeah. So there's all that.
2: Man. <laughs> it is real. Like, there's a lot of things I can't understand. Like, that's one of those things I just can't I can't get into it. Star Wars. one bit. One iota, I can't get into it. And the the passion for it makes me feel like I'm missing out on something. You know, someone who's that fired up, they got to film the trailer on a video board? Yeah.
3: Oh. Yeah, I, I can't
2: imagine too
3: many things that I would where I'd film the trailer. <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 I just don't know if there's, there are movies I love and I'll watch repeatedly, but right.
2: film the trailer. But like, when is stuff? this guy going to watch that? Like, just now that it debuted, you could probably find it anywhere. Go watch it on an HD video, or record the game, and what? Are you really going to sit there and watch that like five minutes of this on your phone? But <laughs> the people, says yes. The people <laughs> who wait around for that. <laughs> would you would
4: like? Would you wait on a line no. for a Star Wars ticket? No, I didn't even see the last one in a theater.
2: December fifteenth. That's what everybody was saying. Some guy was scrambling to buy tickets on his phone right after that. It's like December fifteenth. You want to go to fifteenth, sixteenth, or seventeenth? <clears throat> said to his wife, she was like, whatever. <laughs> I'm <laughs> checking my 401k. <laughs> it was a different <laughs> one. Yeah, like, whatever you want. Did he dress as Darth Vader as well? Uh, no, this guy. No, he he did not. Mm, he had baby. a son whose face was painted, though, with little oh. bear stuff. I was like, man. It's like, I hope you guys have something real in your lives you can add on to. Other than some of this. But anyway. Star Wars
4: is real? What are you talking about? <sighs> That, and you're a Game of Thrones fan too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. You're just one of those guys. You just like that stuff. Um,. I'm surprised that I like Game of Thrones as much as I do. I'm jealous of. I think I'm jealous. I don't think I'm judging. I think I'm jealous because people seem to be so
2: wrapped up in it. We can like,
4: we'll welcome you in. There's space. <laughs> oh, is there? Yeah, you're gonna need a lot of it. Watch <laughs> one less nerdy Netflix documentary and fire up some Game of Thrones. <laughs> Come on, this is no, easy, easy
3: fix. Documentaries are damn good. Yeah, he's, no, I he's love. He's educating. That yeah, yeah, last know. one was amazing. You recommended?
2: Yeah, see, that's right. Did you watch easy, it, Mike? Oh, twice. This yeah. is the one about the Dodgers game. Yeah, Long Shot. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Net- Netflix. Check that out. See, that's that's what I'm talking about. That's my, my cup of tea. All right, Rick Ankiel joins us next, talks in baseball. This is Gio and
1: Jones on CBS Sports Radio.
4: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities, talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
2: Former big leaguer now with Fox Sports Midwest and author of the phenomenon. Rick, good morning. Thanks for joining
1: us. How are you? I'm great. Top of the morning to you.
2: I can't imagine what it's like to be a player on the Nationals and see (laughs) one guy go through five innings of no hit ball and you lose that game. Your ace yesterday go through six innings of no hit ball and you lose that game. How do you show up and continue to have positive vibes in a series where that type of stuff is going on?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. You're, you're looking at two of the game's best starters that there are, and you've never won a postseason game behind either one of them. And then they come in and give those kind of performance, performances, and your offense isn't able to do what they've always been able to do all year, which is score runs. The Nationals are so dangerous offensively. Um, to me, if Max Scherzer doesn't get hurt for, for the playoffs, I feel like you're looking at the number one team in the National League hands down. And the question was going to be, you know, how healthy is Max? But obviously mm-hmm. he showed up yesterday and did what he had to do. Like you said, through no hit, no hit ball for six innings, um, it's heartbreaking. You know, and I know a ton of those guys. I played with the Nationals in eleven and twelve. I worked for them as a coach in fifteen. Um, I think where you, you know you see where the organization has come from and where it's going, where they're headed. Uh, it's absolutely heartbreaking, but you're, they're going to have to find a way to show up today and grind out every at bat as much as they can against the Arietta.
3: Rick, any justification for Dusty Baker taking Scherzer out of this game, and and additionally? When you were right and your manager came out there and you may have been in a precarious situation as far as number on base, pitch count, and all that, but doesn't the manager have to have a feel for the player, especially in situations like this? You're in the postseason. It's different than the regular season. You're not saving anything, but you have to have a feel for that player and and, and know know what you can believe that's coming out of his mouth as far as whether he can get this next hitter out.
1: Yeah, you definitely do. I mean, listen, I, my start in my career is a starting pitcher, so I'll always have that in my heart. I was at the game watching the game, and I thought there's no way he was coming out. I mean, he gave up one hit, uh, and you took him out of the game. But, hey, you know, that's, that's the manager's call. It's obviously easy to sit here and second guess. If it's me, I'm not taking him out there. It's his game to lose or at least give it up to a tie. Um, and if it's me, I'm not taking him out there, no chance.
2: It's amazing that we continue to talk about Friday night between the Yankees and the Indians, but it was just one of those games. I mean, Joe Girardi was tearing up in the postgame last night, even after tying this series. Uh, do you believe that Joe Girardi's job should be on the line based on whether or not they win this series or not because of the egregious mistakes that he made in that game on Friday night?
1: No, I think anybody that thinks that is just absolute knucklehead. <clears throat> I mean, you got to understand how much Girardi cares uh, you know, I got a chance to spend the spring training with Joe Girardi. He came into Cardinals camp when I was a young player, and I got to see what a pro he was, how he went about his uh, business professionally, in the gym, did all the little things right. And that's the same way he goes about as being a manager. Uh, I think you got to give a lot of credit to the Yankees, for one, for coming back in Severino after having the outing that he had his first one. But to come back after not making it out of the first inning, to go seven strong last night, that was absolutely incredible. I couldn't have been more impressed with the young pitcher.
3: Now, can you take us back to your first playoff, stand and, and the nerves and anxiety you were feeling?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, the first one, um, I had a little bit of nerves, but, you know, there was no anxiety. I was young and confident. I had a great month coming down that stretch, and I thought I was going to go out there and, and throw a no hitter. Now, obviously, the game didn't go as, as planned or, or what anyone would have thought, but. That's just the way it goes. And if you look at Severino's first start, nobody thought there's no way this kid's not going to make it out of the first inning. I mean, you take a look at his stuff, 100-mile-an-hour fastball, curveball, change. I mean, this kid can pitch. He's one of the young, uh, game, young, great pitchers. I mean, I was shocked to not see him make it out of the first. But like I said, to see him go seven strong last night, uh, the Yankees needed that. But to see him do that after that first downing, just what a turnaround. And what a what a pitcher he is.
2: And I remember we talked as we were talking to Rick Ankiel on CBS Sports Radio, but we talked about this when we had you on when you were talking about your book and promoting your book. I mean that that whole deal back in 2000 was about as shocking a thing to watch. And I mean, I can't even imagine what it was like to be you. Uh, I mean, once you, that first one went awry, did you think that that was only going to be a one-time deal? Like that was okay. All right, that happened. Now I'm going to be back on track, or. <laughs> Did you think that, oh, no, this is something bad and it's uh, not going to stop?
1: No, I, I didn't know. I mean, I was young and naive to even have a clue what was going on. I thought, oh, well, I threw a wild pitch, a wild pitch. Who cares? You know, let's get back into the game and go. And I had a 6 nothing lead at that time. So, really, all I needed to go in there was throw strikes and let the defense work behind me. Um, you know, and it just it just didn't happen. And as things start to unravel, I tried everything. You know, I could possibly try as a pitcher. You have all these keys to get you back on track, whether it's keep your weight back, stay in your legs, lead with your elbow – you know, all these things that pitchers do, um, and nothing was working. And, and still even after the game, I, I, as young as I was, I didn't have any clue um, that that was going to affect the rest of my career and the rest of my life.
3: Trevor Bauer went on short rest after mm-hmm. really uh, keeping the, the the Yankees lineup in check in the, in the first ball game, a shutout. Uh going on short rest, something that – you just have to deal with once you get into a playoff scenario or something you would say, Skip, don't do it to me. I, I know I'm not going to be successful uh, if I don't go without my regular rest.
1: No, I mean, you've got to go out there and give it everything you got. You know, this is you're coming into the playoffs, and this is where you let it all hang out. And we've seen plenty of Petras pitch on short rest. You know, unfortunately for Trevor last night, he just wasn't nearly as sharp as he was the first game. I mean, that first game against the Yankees, he was absolutely brilliant. And I, and I think you can just tell, you could see last night. I mean, just you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the same at all. I didn't feel like the curveball had the same break on it, and he's got one of those curveballs where even if you're sitting on it, you know, guys really don't put make good contact on. It. I mean, it's really a nasty pitch. And uh, overall, his stuff just wasn't, you know, close to what it was that first night. Are the Dodgers back? It certainly seems like it. Um, you know, I was I was shocked to see Robbie Ray pitch in that wild card game against Colorado because I thought for. For Arizona to beat the Dodgers, Robbie Ray needed to pitch game one um, on regular rest. And like we're talking about, again, that's, these are the kind of things that happen, and you got to adjust, and something you're not used to. Uh, and same thing there. He just wasn't as sharp as we've seen him be. He's been able to beat the Dodgers you know, nonstop all year, really dominated them. Um, and, and without that, I felt like he wasn't as sharp, and the Dodgers came in and just rolled right through it. and It seems like they got their confidence back, feeling the flow. Uh, Cody Bellinger, I mean, God, this kid is impressive. Opposite field home runs. I feel like he can do it all. He can beat you in so many ways. Another young player that, that is so awesome to watch.
3: What do you foresee happening? Kluber, CC Sabathia, they hook up again as they did in game two. CC, I thought, was excellent. Should've, should not have been taken out of the game. But, hey, skippers call. How do you see this one playing out?
1: Oh man! I mean, the—I mean—before this series started, I thought the Yankees might sweep them. Uh, I really did really? think like they had their thing going. Yeah, that's—it just to me, that's what it seemed like. Look, You're a knucklehead, Rick.
4: <laughs> it's not like I hate the
1: Yankees. I actually love the Yankees. I love them for the fact that I feel like they're the underdogs. Um, they weren't even supposed to be here this year. You know, when you look at it on paper when the year started. So I'm a fan. Trust me when I say that. I'm just giving you my educated guess. Uh, but now you go back home to Cleveland and you got Kluber, who we know how good he can be. Um, I'm going to take, I'm going to take, it's a tough one. I'm going to take Kluber on this one just based on his pedigree as a starting pitcher. But the Yankees mojo is really, uh, going through the roof right now. And I think it's going to be a great game to watch.
2: Geo Jones, with Rick and Keel Fox sports Midwest former big leaguer for more on his story. The phenomenon is the book that he wrote. The one series I haven't gotten to yet was the Astros and the Red Sox and just so impressive what Houston can do. Uh, what are your impressions of them and, and outlook for the rest of the postseason?
1: One uh, incredible game last night, too. I mean, that was just amazing. Verlander and Sale coming in, and then you got Ben Tenney that hits the two-run homer, and it looks like the Sox are going to come back, and then somehow the Astros come back fighting. Um, you know, I, they got their mojo going, too, and they've, you know, they've been a dominant team all year. I felt like when the Verlander trade happened, that really boosted their confidence, and he's been absolutely superb for them. Um, you know, That's going to be, you know, watching the AL Championship Series, I think is probably going to be as good as the World Series um, just because whatever team wins from the Yankees and Indians is going to, you know, they're two really good teams. uh, And you have the Astros coming in there as good as they've been. um, I I think that, that, like I said, that series will be as good as the World Series, I think.
2: Rick, it's a pleasure talking to you, man. We appreciate it. Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you before this thing's over.
1: Yeah, sounds good, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good one. You too.
2: Rick Hank. Thanks, Rick. From Check the out. knuckleheads. <laughs> Check. out. I didn't say Girardi should be fired. I was. I el- didn't either. Oh, Yeah, mm. you sounded like it. Ah. <laughs> Playing both sides,
3: man. I never you. said that. Mm, you're close. Mm-mm. Nope. I you never said, say that about anyone. You you said call it for people was, to be fired. Said that was certain that, people. That egregious. I said it you was said egregious. Egregious it fire. Was, you said it fireable it offense. I said it was egregious. Check
2: out Rick's book. Yeah, phenomena. Yeah. The phenomena. Yeah. What time's first pitch on Wednesday? uh seven is it seven no it's probably, probably like eight seven 05. twelve
0: ten last time i saw it was
4: eight
3: eight oh five like i said eight eight oh eight eight oh eight <sighs> ah eight oh eight isn't that oakland area code eight oh eight is it i'm not sure i think so yeah, i'm not yeah. sure oakland in the house
2: you gonna make it dog you all right what for the last couple minutes of the show yeah I know you're tired. No, I am. I'm tired. I'd make it. But, of course, Mikey B scheduled an interview. Hawaii. After, uh, I said
3: Hawaii. 808 oh, okay. is Hawaii. Yeah. It was west, right? Just further
2: west. Today of all days, Mikey B scheduled an interview after the show. Well, you know. So I'm thinking all I got to do is get through to three hours. I'll be fine. He's inconsiderate. Power through. I, I only got, man. what, like two hours of sleep in a massage chair today. But you had all that fried chicken on the flight. Oh, it was good. Yeah, no, everything was a great experience. But, of I mean, course, PCG. I'm not... Uh, not as many as Boomer. Boomer how many? Had, do you? Uh, three. That's it. Yeah, three and a biscuit. Boomer's okay. a big dude. Yeah, three and a biscuit. Man, I would have torn that up. Well, of course you would have. KFC. But uh, Oof. it was good. It was delicious. <clears throat> but but no more was that wor- that? hot. Yeah, man.
3: Uh, I just want to make sure it was nice and hot.
2: Could have been sitting there for a while. Yeah. Mm. That's how the team plane used to smell too. So this interview when we play it tomorrow, it's gonna sound like you know tomorrow I'll be refreshed and good, and then we'll toss the interview. Well, Cliff. I thought we were gonna let Art
3: do all the talking. What about the defense? (laughs) We can re-record
2: the questions. Cliff, We're uh, going to let
3: Art do the asking, man. Art
2: DeLugic. Yeah, DeLugic. Art, Art DeLugic from, from the Atlanta Lano News. Lano Express News. Uh, I can't figure out for the life of me, you can't find 10 or 15 young lads who can go out there and hold your opponent. They went and got him Art DeLugic News. with the Lano News. <laughs> for 30 points a game. They went and
3: got him some Juco players You playing go, better
2: for David Gibbs. You go out and you recruit from other states and there's probably <laughs> 8 million kids. Kids who play football in the state of Texas and you suck. Whoa. Why is that? Wow. That's basically on, what he Art.
3: Said, Art, that's kind of harsh. Well, that's the way I feel and I don't care. I thought you vegetarians were a little bit more... No. Art DeLugic.
2: We had him on the show. He was amazing. That he guy. was. He was great. All right, thanks, too. From
3: California, right? Originally? I think he's from out west. Hawaii, maybe? 808. That's all
2: I know. 808. Thanks to... <laughs> Rick and Ankeel, ah. Dennis Dodd, Mikey B, PDB, Bogus Pierno. Talk to you tomorrow, G. Owen Jones, CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?